Just hurry up and swallow it, big guy. You were chewing that dumpling forever. <laughs> it's not a dumpling. It's a massive bite of chicken. Are you it's good? His, it's his birthday tomorrow. It's not his birthday today. Yeah, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brett. Yeah, wait a second. Pick up Brett now. Hey everyone, and welcome to Bookends with Friends, uh, the weekly book club podcast where we go over one book a month. I'm your co-host, Parker Moon. I'm your co-host, Brett Starkov. Parker made me scarf down my dinner. I'm Daniel Phillips. <laughs> Alright, and we are going over... Well, Some I, drama in the tent. There is no, no drama in the tent. <laughs> this month, we've been reading Shadow and Bone hey, by... there's no drama in my tent. No right? drama in this tent. Uh, Shadow and Bone by the amazing Lee Bardugo. Um, and this is the second part of that. So we read chapters, uh, seven through 12, seven through 12. Thanks. Whew, I didn't have it. It slipped my mind. Seven through 12. Um, part seven through 12. 12. Uh, but before we do that, let's do short stories. Dan, what you got? You remember that game I told you guys about last week? Oh, is this the second part to that story? Sec- uh, Dice Throne Short Story Part 2. Okay. Um, so if you missed last week, Dice Throne is a game that I discovered, um, and I thought it looked really cool, and one of my favorite things to do in life is to recommend things that I like to the people that are close to me that I think would like them as well. Um, then- example, Storm by Archive to Parker. And so I recommended Dice Throne to Parker and Brett, and I got really hyped about it. And we've played a lot in the past week. Yeah. And I've lost yeah. every single game. Uh-huh. I've not won a single game of the game that I was the most excited oh, for. Oh, the good times. And yeah, maybe these two have beat me every single time. Maybe it's just not your game, kid. I would say a lot of the game hey, little guy. is maybe rolling just... dice. And apparently I'm really bad at it. All you have to do is roll one, two, three, four. That's all you have to um, do every time. That's my entire short story. There's this thing that I was really excited for that I'm apparently the worst at. But and you, so you did win. I won today, but not in a one-on-one. Oh, okay. I'm, so you're not counting it. I'm 0-6 for winning a one-on-one game. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I mean, we, you won one. We did a free-for-all today, and I did win that one. But mainly because Parker's character was super annoying, so we killed him first. And that then he true. ulted on the last turn. And then I killed Brett with a big old move. Um, um, that's why that's that's it. That's all I got. Nice, cool. And I'm really, it's really keeping me up at night. But I haven't won a one-on-one. I think it's a game. conspiracy. That, Maybe uh, you're just drawing us in because Dan's very good at every game that I've ever seen him play. <laughs> and I know this is a dice rolling game. I've got you in my clutches. Yeah, but he's just, also I've got you're, you you're my... intentionally losing so that we play more. We yeah. get it. I've got you in my and then, big clutches. And then we're gonna buy all the packs for it, and then. And then, then we'll never win again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we'll have the pack, so you might as well play, guys. You have the packs. Think of all that money you spent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all I got. Cool. You said you had something. I do. Um, does the name Natalie Holt mean anything to you? She's an actress that was famous in um, the Avengers series. I think she goes by Black Widow. Nope. Um, that's um, Natasha Romanoff. And then there's a movie. Are you just saying Nat? She's because coming out in a movie on July 9th, Black Widow. Very close. Do you, does the name Natalie Holt mean wow, anything to you? That was really that was quick. I was like I was like, "Wait, Nat Marvel. I've never heard of this person." <laughs> it actually does pertain a little bit to Marvel. 
Natalie that's Holt. That's a hint. Natalie Holt. Um, maybe not. I didn't know her before, uh, but I was looking into who did who's composing the score of the Loki show because it's oh. so good. Yeah, Every episode, so good. I've been like, I've, I've noticed myself really drawn in more than I'd say like to most uh, Marvel content aside from probably WandaVision. Um, and I, I think a, a large part of that is to do the score. It's really good. And uh, Maddie and I have been listening to it uh, like they have the the playlist for the first three episodes, right. like the actual yeah. like Natalie Holt's composition on Spotify. Um, so I've been listening to it like just like as I work, and it just it has the same vibe as like almost like Stranger Things, um, or, or like just just like one of those scores that like really like sucks you, and like I can picture the scenes mm-hmm. uh, from the show, and and so this is really just a, a, a shout, out to- shout out to Natalie Holt. Um, she's done other film and TV, none of which that I had, like really recognized um, off the top of my head because I, I researched her because I was like, man, she's like so talented. I want to see what else she's done. So I'm going to check out her other stuff. But anyways, uh, yeah, just Natalie Holt praise. The show's awesome. The score is uh, fantastic. I really don't think it would be as good without the score that she's done. Do you have a favorite like soundtrack from a piece of like media that you can pull from like, your head? Like, like what is some of your favorite soundtracks? Maybe scores, um, not yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, ju- like, just going off of you know, like, movie soundtracks or scores, or you know, I, I think that like some some of the ones that like pops in my head immediately are like How to Train Your Dragon. I feel like is like just just phenomenal. It's like, it, it's it's so actually good. Um, so go listen to that one if you haven't. Uh, I had referenced Stranger Things already. I think that one's a no brainer. Kids from Stranger Things. Yeah. Season one, yeah. Season one, score season is like one in my particular. favorite, one of my favorite scores from a TV show. Yeah, it's so good. Um, and then like video games, I'd say uh, uh, Stardew Valley and Undertale both have phenomenal mm-hmm. soundtracks, and those I like to listen to while I, you know, it's... work or if I need to just like put something on the background when I'm focusing. But yeah, uh, Ori hits my like top songs of the year almost every year because I listen to that soundtrack. Like once a week. Mm. It's very good. Sweet. Nice. Yeah. So praise to Natalie Holt. Praise to Natalie Holt. And go watch Loki because, yeah. man, it is good. And there's a new episode tonight, and I'm so excited to watch. So we got to finish up recording. Yeah. Catch your movie uh, tomorrow on Friday. Catch what? Black Widow's movie on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I was like, did I just miss a portion of that conversation? What What did I do? I hope Marvel does hire uh, Natalie Holt to do more of their, like, stuff. S- just, like, stuff from movies. <laughs> Stop. She's not the same as Black Widow. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> All right, Brad, go with your short story. Oh, gosh. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it gets me every time, too. Um, so, real quick, the, the classic Wikipedia rundown. Yeah, what we got? Uh, on this day in 2019, a recent one, and it kind of leads in. Uh, actually, I'm going to do the birth first. Birth, freaking Ringo Starr. Wow. All right. The, the Beatles. Beatles. Yeah. yeah that's, there you that's go. That's one of them. That's a big one, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Good for Ringo Starr for being <laughs> Good born for... today. I don't know much about Ringo Starr. He but... shares a birthday with my brother-in-law. It's Connor's birthday today. Yeah. I should have just said Connor. Hey, Connor. It's Connor's birthday. <laughs> I don't know why. I was like, I got to find somebody famous. Well, that's fine. No, I mean, that's great. Ringo and Connor. Happy birthday. Let's see. I had 
Oh, yeah. So the event. Oh, also, happy International Chocolate Day. Mm, good. So, Do you like dark chocolate? I do. No. It's way better. Than... Yeah, me too. I think it's really bad. What? <laughs> no, dark chocolate's better than light chocolate. Yeah, no, it's gross. No way. Yeah, it's, uh, you pay, if you pair dark chocolate with something sweet, it's amazing. So moving it's on to the, the next. Uh, yeah, dark chocolate's gross. Um, we're moving on to the next thing. Uh, <laughs> finally, the uh, United States women's national team in 2019 beat the Netherlands in the FIFA World Cup final. Oh, shoot. So oh, uh, that kind of leads into my... Mm-hmm. Uh, what's going on outside of Wikipedia is the uh, Euro 2020 is going on for mm-hmm. we have some international listeners oh, uh, also yeah. the the South American like mm-hmm. continental soccer tournament is going on as well football well for I was just saying no, no. yeah but um so yeah so Euro 2020 is going on the mm-hmm. final is set real football it's yeah yeah, I mean it's the most popular sport in the world. Yeah. They have they can claim whatever they want. Yeah. Um the final is set. It's Italy versus England. Mm-hmm. Um no underdogs in this one, unfortunately. Denmark was almost in it, which would have been great. When, but when is that? That is Saturday, I think. Are we team Italy or team England? I think we're team Italy. Italy. Okay, as okay, right now, this is big news. As bookends with friends, that we are endorsing Team England Italy. or okay, yeah, okay. I guess so. I guess that's all Italia, right. Italia all the way. Italia all the way. All right, Team Silencio Italy. Bruno. Silencio. <laughs> all right, that's Silencio might be... England. Yeah, Silencio <laughs> England. We just watched Luca, and we're here to say that we're in support. Team Italy. Of Team I know Italy. We have some UK listeners, so this could stir up some controversy. But uh, it probably definitely will. Team Italy. Let's go. This will be making headlines all across the UK. Um. <laughs> our endorsement yeah um so yeah so the the uh england just won their semi-final today so did you watch that i did i watched it partially or i listened to it at yeah. work um but it just ended a couple hours ago so so, so yeah um, so that's what's going on with that. Real, real real quick to tag off that brett and i actually talked about on uh brett this should have been my short story. Brett and I had a wonderful date we together did. on Saturday because Parker was like with his wife or something. <laughs> and so having a date. Brett and I literally spent like ten hours together, just hanging out, and we talked Happy about how I want to get um, like involved with soccer. Like I want to be a soccer fan, but I yeah, just dude. like I love the sport. I just never watch it. Yeah. And today I was like, I literally googled like. How to get into like, <laughs> like get into soccer? I just yeah. want to understand more yeah. about the can, leagues, and I got so confused looking at all the leagues. Can we get into AFC Wimbledon? I, I love Wimbledon. Well, AFC Wimbledon is like a Premier Three league, I believe. Like they're like uh, a third yeah. tier, yeah. like yeah. like minor minor football club. Yeah, but they're sponsored by uh, uh, John Reynolds. John Green, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and a Who's part of Reynolds team, the Wrexham, I think, uh, is yeah, the name yeah. of them. Yeah, like, so Dragons, FC Wrexham, yeah. or something. So like that. on on a, a Dear John and Hank, their podcast, uh, they he brings up AFC Wimbledon like every episode. So we could be the second most 
biggest fans of AFC Wimbledon podcasters in America. Does that make sense? That didn't make I any sense. I think it sense, does. But yeah. yeah. I think all I'm trying to say is I know nothing about soccer, but I want to know. AFC Wimbledon is in England, who we did just say that we're not rooting for. Yeah. And oh, that doesn't mean none of their players England play for... suck it. Yeah, that doesn't mean that all their players come from England. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, and uh, to be honest, that means, yeah. It does mean that they're all bad. We can still go England. <laughs> so England. <laughs> I love this. Nice roast. I love this. This is amazing. Um, TBD also, maybe there's some uh, Wimbledon merch on the way to some John Green fans in the room right now. Oh, that sounds fun. But um, yeah, so Silencio, England, Team Italy all the way. Uh, I believe, I'm sure it'll be on like Friday or Saturday, but I don't know, maybe it's in like two days. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's on like Friday or Saturday. Nice. But cool. Yeah. You should watch. So yeah, yeah I'm down. Um, so yeah. Also shout out Nick because Nick's a huge soccer fan. Yeah, uh, Nick. Listen he... to our podcast. I don't think he does. Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> so he's not hearing this. Yeah, we have a friend named Nick who doesn't listen to our podcast. Yeah. This is a call out. Happy uh, yesterday was his birthday to yeah. Nick. Bet, yeah, well, I bet Nick likes England like <laughs> an idiot. <laughs> wow, we could just spend the rest of this podcast not talking about books, roasting our friend Nick. That wouldn't be good for <laughs> well, the no listeners. One, no one else knows Nick, no one else so maybe knows we Nick. should talk about Not the good for the audience, but would be funny. It would be funny. Um, so, audience, if you want to just like roast Nick along with us, go, go yeah, for go it. Yeah, go for it. Hit us up on Twitter. He won't hear. Yeah. He won't know. So happy birthday, Connor. Happy birthday, Ringo Starr. Happy birthday, Nick, yesterday, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess. Happy birthday, Daniel, Dan tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, it's, it's a big birthday time. All right, let's. We've <laughs> done enough goofing. Who else's birthday? Kevin Bacon's is tomorrow. I share a birthday with him. Happy birthday, Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Anyway, recap. recap. That's you. Let's recap it okay. up. Okay, I'm going to. Just run through this, cause the yeah, I mean we had a lot going on, but I'm just gonna give the quick and uh, quick and breezy side of things. So we meet the king and queen of uh, Osota, Os, Os, Ulta. Yes. I can't ever say it right. I say yes. Osota. They suck. Um, <laughs> the king is kind of like a uh, described as like a veiny old, like uh, creepy old man, and the queen um, is just like uh, uh, kind of like um fake and almost abusive of Jinya. So there's She's like the intimidating one is she, what I get. She's the intimidating one, but she's all yeah, but she also like you get the sense that she like makes herself look good and like makes her servants look bad, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. she's like jealous of Jinya and everything. Anyways, um the Darkling offers Alina a black kefta, kefta being the like uh the not armor, but certain type of like a, magical robes that are like it's bulletproof. A, it's like a floor, almost floor length, like robe type yeah. looking thing. So like a cool, like Harry Potter style robe thing. But it signifies like her rank and right. stature. It's, that, and the the Grisha all have different like colors and different like for what for what like you do. Um, and uh, the Darkling offered his color to her, which was like this big deal. She said no. She wanted just summoners blue. Uh, because she didn't want the notoriety. Um, Genev was like, well, you should have done that. And Alina was like, nah, not my, not my deal. Uh, then they go meet the fabricators, which are another type of Grisha who specialize in, uh, like the development of Grisha technology, Mm -hmm. um, and Grisha weapons and whatnot. And we're introduced to another side character, David, who it seems that Genev has a crush on. And David's kind of this, like, 
nerdy dorky guy i got like big like milo vibes yeah. from um atlantis yeah like just a lanky yeah mechanics like mechanic. scruffy brown hair glasses i don't know if he had glasses Super I can't sexy remember. but but he he's into his work and jenya is like the hottest grisha and she can't get as it anyways I, yeah that's just a little side then that leads to Alina going to train with both Bagra and Botkin. Um, Bagra is train; she's another amplifier who's training her yep. in her ways of like her Grisha power, um, and she kind of has like this like side training with Bagra. Botkin is combat training that all of the Grisha team summoners like do with her, but they don't use their power. It's more mm-hmm. like war training. I mean, Botkin doesn't even have powers. Just Am I saying their names right? By the way, yeah. so I don't I- know. Yes. Yeah. I, I actually listened to the audiobook this time. I am going to go ahead and interrupt really quick to say uh, Botkin's nickname is Butt Kick because I think that's very fitting for combat training. Wait, wait, was it really? Is that in the book or did you just come up with that? No, I came up with that. <laughs> every time <laughs> I, like, I heard miss that? Every time I heard that name, I just thought Butt Kick. Okay. Botkin, yeah. Butt so. Kick. We might use that interchangeably from here on. Yeah. Yeah, during that, uh, the Apparat, <laughs> it was this like creepy guy who works with the king, keeps doing creepy shit. Um, so he's kind of in the background hovering. He's like the spiritual leader. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. He's like the, the, but he's like a fanatic. Yes, he's like the priest, the the Grisha priest who's kind of, yeah, you said it perfectly. But he's a weirdo and keeps like weirdly popping up and saying creepy random things to Elena. He gives me like Rasputin from Yeah, Anastasia for some reason vibes. that's like exactly the mental imagery. Yeah, I but have. like creepier. Uh, yeah, that's good. Um, so she finds... Uh, uh, she finds out that oh, this is a little blurb. There was like kind of a little, a little bit of like a hint that Jinya might be being used by the king mm-hmm. um, in some unfavorable sexual mm-hmm. ways, which is really sad. So you get just more like layered on that, like the the king and queen are like the the heads of Olsota, but like they suck, and also the Grisha like only really obey them. To their faces, but all of them right. speak pretty like yeah, sad, like, yeah, like they, it's almost like they operate their with their own. It's like they're a hierarchy. Pup- they're like a puppet, puppet state. So they have to right. show fealty, but they don't actually that's, like listen. Yes, to them. that's exactly right. But the king and queen suck. Um, the the darkling checked on Elena's day. There was some flirting. Uh, he's you know checking up to see how her power is going, but she can't get her. her she can't summon. Um, she's had no luck summoning, you know, through these chapters by herself. Uh, so she's just trying to learn more about the small science. There's a lot of, you, you get the feeling that this takes place over a lot of time, these chapters. Yeah. And they don't do a great job of explaining how much time it is. But during this time, she's sending mail to Mal, trying to get in contact with him. She's dealing with like homesickness. She's doing all this training. She's trying to learn the small science of, of the Grisha magic. Um, and you know, that's all kind of going at once. This other girl, Zoya, who she met kind of briefly at the camp or saw at the camps, mm-hmm. um, shows back up. She's a bitch. Uh, they <laughs> don't you mean my favorite character? Oh, no, uh, no, she, she's just like for she's that like classic Draco Malfoy Draco, character yeah. who like is like for no reason mean to the protagonist and like like just for like really no- nothing just because she's like I guess jealous of the Darkling's affection or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and so, or at least that's all they've told us so far. And they do some combat training. Uh, Alina gets all, like, she's getting her, like, beat up by her, but she does get a good hit onto Zoya, which makes her mad. And Zoya uses her abilities, which is prohibited. So Botkin 
says no and butt kick punishes her and then the darkling scolds her and she's all sad and that i don't really care about Zoya. does she have like telekinesis is that what i gathered from that what is her no no, no i thought it was i thought she again? was from what i read because it didn't really explain what she hit her with but i i assumed it was wind oh I okay because she, i heard her say something and she's like i got blown backwards into the wall and i was yeah, like she's a summoner she, yeah. so what i would imagine is that it was wind okay. because of the way it described it she yeah. it, it didn't say anything about her summoning water or fire and i don't think they've discussed any other type of summoning yeah yeah um i just assumed that but no i mean that sounds right that's what i was confused it i didn't like re-listen to anything and so when i was listening i was like what did she knock her against mm-hmm, the wall? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyways, that fight did result in Alina breaking ribs and being hurt. Uh, luckily, the healers, the Grisha healers, were able yeah. to, like, mend her back. But during this time, the apparat shows up again, being creepy, says some more creepy stuff, don't really understand what's going on there. And Alina has to break a glass to get attention from a guard. Yeah. To, and But he, he sneaks away. It yeah. almost seems like he's, like, a shadow being that yeah. can, like... Because he, like, steps in and out yeah. without, like, no one really noticing. Yeah, something's going on with the apparatus. The Babadook. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that uh, almost catches us up. Alina wants... Um, yeah, so then Bagra and the Darkling are arguing. Um, Bagra, this old lady amplifier, is, you know, basically saying, like, she can't use her power. She's not going to be able to help us stop the the uh, Shadowfold, all this stuff. Like, what do you expect? And then... Uh, Alina comes in and she's like, well, I'm interrupting something. And then the Darkling tells her of his plot to get her mo. Okay. Y'all are going to have to help me with this one. Uh, Mor- Morozova. Morozova's herd, the antlers from. Oh, the- yes, yes. Yes. So, so there's a magical more- deer. Yeah. In, in, in Morozova. Morozova's herd that is like, it's apparently kind of like a mythical creature in this mm-hmm. universe. They said like they, they've seen tracks of, but they're not easily found. Um, or they're, they're like, never really spotted. It's kind of like a folklore thing. Grisha mm-hmm. uh, Bigfoot, I guess. Um, and and they say, essentially, or the Darkling says, like, if you get the horns from this being, then that, as an amplifier, then you will be, like, the most powerful Grisha. Like, we, and, and we need you to be the most powerful. So, Alina's like, yeah, that's a great idea. I can't even use my powers at all right now. Let's right. do it. She, so she's on board. Bagger seems upset about it, but she just seems like a cranky old lady. Um, and then... That leads to uh, her discussing further with Bagra, Alina discussing further with Bagra. She um, kind of confronts her, like, turmoil, her inner turmoil with, like, Mal and how she's been, like, writing to him, gotten no responses. And then she kind of comes to this conclusion that, like, maybe her whole life she's kind of, like, held herself back and she pushed her powers down and, like, did all of that all of that to stay with Mal. Mm. And then now she's separated from Mal and he's not, like, there for her. And so she essentially like, comes to the terms of, like, let, let's let let that, like, childhood die. And let and she, like, kind of accepts herself. And then she is finally able to use her uh, uh, light sun summoning sun uh, powers she, on she her opened own. Her, she opened her chakras. She opened her chakras. She is sun summoning left and right now. Yeah. Woohoo. And that's, we're caught up. So. And um, Mal is alive. Yes, yes, yeah. sorry, that's important. Jinya yeah. confirmed. She did, she did ask Jinya, like, hey, can you check up to see if he's good? Unless Jinya's lying, but I don't think Jinya's yeah, lying. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, unless, yeah, or if Jinya was lying, yeah. too. Because she, she's able to, like, she has, like, in, she's got her, like, hands in, like, the, the king and queen's yeah. court, which is she's, a good thing she's that Jinya... She's a Jinya, lot more, yeah. 
Sorry, go ahead. No, she just, she's, uh, I think we we're saying the same yeah. thing. Like, she's got practical means of getting information. Yeah. So she found out, like, no, Mal's still alive and his court, like, his troop is here and this is what's going yeah. on. She's, she's a lot more savvy than people give her credit for. She know she knows a lot of things and gets a lot of favors from people. Yeah. Like, she, she explained about how she gets, like, the best breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she is in the queen's court. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's, I mean, that, that's, that's a good mm-hmm. ramping off point into discussion. Now that we've been introduced to more characters, I want to ask you guys, who do you like so far? Uh, who do you not like? And who is, who's suspect right now? Who, who's not what they seem? Um, I like Bagra. Okay. And I think I was kind of waiting for the Darkling to be like, Bagra's my mom or something like that. <laughs> I it feel like she's she's going like to be a grandmother. Gonna, yeah, I was waiting for it the whole time. I like Bagra. The way that wanna, they're talking to each other, I kind of want to know more about. She's almost like a mean Iro. Like I bet Bagra's super powerful. Is kind of what I'm she's, getting. She's at. Gam Gam Bagra. Yeah, Gam yeah. Gam Gam. But she's she's yeah. Gam Gam strong on. arm over here is probably just really powerful. So I'm interested in Bagra. Um, she's just hard on Alina because she knows. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, she talked to the Darkling, like they were, it, they have, they have some sort of kinship or closeness where she was able yeah. to be like very forward. That's and, why like, I think every other character like kind of tiptoes around the Darkling. Yeah. So she, she's gotta be pretty powerful or something's going on so. there. I think so. So she's my, my eyes are on Gam Gam. <laughs> eyes on Gam Gam. In a good way or you mean like you're, you're no, like I like Gam Gam. Yeah. 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 She seems like she's got, Alina's best interest in heart, even though she's hard on her. Yeah. Kind of like tough love stuff. Same thing with Bodkin, I'd say. Yeah. Well, it's what she, it sounded like she wanted Alina to get the ability on her own first. She wants her to succeed. Right. She she wants her to unlock her powers on her own and not have to need an amplifier and like rely on it, mm-hmm. it sounds like. Mm-hmm. That may be part of her motivation is she wants her to be self-sufficient so she can like protect and herself she did kind of she was more or less the one who kind of like coaxed out like hey you're lying to yourself with this mm-hmm. stuff about like mal and like yeah. your homesickness like yeah. there's something holding you back that's you know not you know it's not the reasons you're telling yourself you need to come come to terms with right. what is actually there right. and so that's what allowed her to use her power so right so we like bagra who do we dislike who do we I mean the apparat of course yeah the apparat's creepy man Capital rat, am I right? Yeah, app app a rat. I bet he's a big rat. <laughs> okay. He looks like Peter Pettigrew. <laughs> oh, okay. Parallels. Here we go. Big rat boy. But yeah, he um, sucks. No, he's just creepy. Yeah, he like, sucks. He's definitely on. a bad guy. There's no way he's not a good a bad guy. Yeah, guaranteed. And he'll probably. It sounds like he has his own, like sect of followers that he'll probably like try to revolt with or something like that. Like he'll be a major villain just because he's a fanatic and fanatics always draw other fanatics Mm -hmm. and so he's gonna find some kind of power and try and take over like kill the darkling or something like that Mm -hmm. also not the darkling you know he's always gonna be sus yeah he's got his motivations yeah he seems like he could be well i mean like an anti-hero i I have my second question is is the darkling sexy or creepy creepy both no just I think creepy. creepy. Just creepy? I think okay. he's a creepy boy. So the problem is the way that she describes him, she describes him like you can tell the way that 
you know, Alina looks at him like sometimes when he he gives her looks, she's like she feels like flattered and yeah. is like he kind of shows some interest. He's he's, he's a little hot. He but must be sexy. The problem is, and I think she always mentions his like stone colored eyes and stuff. Yeah. But the problem is, the voice that they do for him on the audiobook. Oh is, well, that's that's a that you can't. I know. Get, you can't but it's take, a problem. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying like. I, I, that's why I started by saying like I get the way it's yeah, written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't take points off for that though, because you gotta. No, and yeah. I'm not saying it's bad either. I'm not like taking points. I'm not but saying it's bad. But the way that he's creepy. portrayed, his voice is really like shadowy and like. Well, I yeah, don't. <laughs> and it was like that is really interesting. That's I, literally what it sounds like. I though. wonder. It's like, well, you know, hopefully you do this well, and you're like. Okay, I can't help but think you're sus if <laughs> yeah. you talk like Th- that's that. That's interesting because I wonder how that comes, like, for, you know, I, I, that's obviously a thing, a challenge with audiobooks. And, and also can be a good thing. Like I'm not saying it's it done bad, but yeah. Right. Like, sometimes voice acting can be great or bad yeah. to, like, lend itself to the story. But I wonder if the intention is to, like, make you think, like, oh, right. he's yeah. creepy. Or, it could like, be. Is, is, or is she doing a bad job? Uh, I, I'm assuming it's a female. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I think it's just it sounds like a set choice, and it's not like it. it it's not like it's like it sounds fine, but it just it makes it makes me think that he's like. I mean, sus. he sounds like Wormtongue from Lord of the Rings. Like yeah. he talks. He talks very like conniving, right? Is the way yeah. they're making him sound and right, so which it might be like a double, like a double, <laughs> yeah. cry, like they're trying to lead you into thinking he's, or you know, like they're trying to sell further, like his. The, his reputation as being this sure. like shadowy like killer, yeah. and so he's and it, it does keep saying like um, they had a one on one and this yeah. part, and he like smiled. She was like terrified. And, yeah, he's like, "What you like? I just want to see how you're doing. Like, yeah. what you think was gonna happen?" Right. She's like, "I thought you were gonna cut me in half." Right. Yeah. And he was like, "Oh." Like, no, yeah. that wasn't the plan. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's I always want, assuring. I so, just want to see how you're doing. Well, so, yeah. I mean, the, the reason I asked is because, like, you have these. I mean, we've had a couple of moments now where it's like, obviously, the Darkling is like, ha- he has this reputation, but mm-hmm. then, like, in their interactions, there's small times where, like, she sees, like, he's not all this, like, this yeah. monster. Like, he checked on her day and, like, he, like, jokes with her and she's right. Like, and he, with like, him. smiles. And I think it's just. Like, uh, don't judge a book by its cover. Like, maybe he's stuck with this voice, and <laughs> but he's actually, like, a nice guy. Um, and again, the voice doesn't sound bad. It's, it sounds good, but it's just, like, it's meant to make you think yeah. that he's, like, well, my thing creepy is he's like dark. One, he's, like, 170. 120, yes. Yeah. yeah. But don't also... Like, don't like that. Re- yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's... Clearly, he looks like he's her age. Yeah. No, <laughs> I know that's even worse. No, no, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make a point, but, I, but, but what I'm saying is the reading the Darkling stuff, I didn't get that. Right. I, I mean, you still get the like, yeah. you still get the like sly, but I, I read a lot of his stuff as like more like cool guy. Yeah. Like, and that's what, that's what I think. That's how, it, that's how he's written, I feel like. Yeah. And you can hear through the way that Alina describes him that he is very like... Like he's still just creepy, confident. but like kind of imposing. Yeah, like, he's like an imposing, confident yeah. person. And that's why everyone's afraid of him. And yeah. and she even mentioned that she's like, she's like, come on, like, do you not think? Give me some credit. Like, there's no way that nobody doesn't like fear you. And he's like, yeah, yeah you have a point. Like, I get it. That makes sense. Yeah. Why? Well, because he he's taken aback by her reactions. Yeah. To him, he's like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> I do. I am like really menacing. I do think we have to change his name. 
because now we have a David in the book, which I got to say, I did not uh, think would have happened. That, that, yeah, because all the names so far are Bodgra and Bodkin and David. Alina David. and, yeah. Hi, guys, I'm David. Zoya and Hi, David. I'm David, voiced by Michael J. Fox. <laughs> all right, so no longer David. Uh, I, I did, when I read that David was in the book, I did think of another one I would like to toss out there. Sure, definitely. Um, and it is on the same track as a used car salesman, mm-hmm. um, Dallas Darkling. Dallas Darkling. <laughs> okay, this isn't actually adding any Thing, but I like where your head's at. So this is right. adding a lot. This is adding a lot of depth to his character. Dallas Darkling. <laughs> yeah, now he's got like a southern accent. Yeah, David said his real name. Do, do they read? Do they read him in the audiobook with a southern accent? Is it? there, No, not, not that southern. I think like, a, like I was a, trying to mix like the like a southern doll. He's like, hey, hey, Alina, like a little Matthew McConaughey. Dallas Darkling. There he is. He's like, he's like, hey, Alina, you got to study the small science. Maybe it'll be that in the show. Study small science. It's actually voiced by Matthew. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey plays Dallas Darkling in the show. Okay. <laughs> I bet I am interested to see how he's portrayed in the show. Yeah. Compared to the audiobook and the book itself. I bet he's a babe. I bet he's a babe. In the well, show. I know I who the actor babe, is, yeah. but oh, I bet he, I bet he looks. He looks star. like a Darkling. Mm. Um, sexy. Nice. Like I think the Darkling's sexy. I'm just saying it. I mean, I'm here to say it. <laughs> I'm not afraid to say it. He's just, you know, he's he's got too many, he's got too many secrets right now. Secrets can be sexy. Yeah, but they also can kill you yeah. once you find out what the secrets are. Yeah, and fair. it sounds like Alina almost found out what some secrets were. That's fair. Um, so uh, a third question I wanted to throw to you because th- this was a little bit not jarring to me, but I just in these chapters they move really quickly. Mm-hmm. How do y'all like the pacing so far? I'm not a fan of the pacing. Yeah. Um, pacing in these chapters was fine to me because like they're already in the the setting of the book it seems like like right now they're in a big setting of like osalta yeah yeah. like they're at Mm -hmm. the school they're doing their trainings we got introduced to some like teachers that's all fine i wish part one was 100 pages longer i i like knowing more about like a beginning of the book it's like and this might pull some of your feathers too because this is one of your series that you like a lot too but it's the same trouble i had with um don't you pull my feathers uh You're red rising about... oh where my favorite part of the first red rising book was the first like 100 pages setting up the world really i oh, love man, that's my least favorite part but i just like being introduced to like because this is not like we're not in like earth right now it's yeah, a yeah, crazy yeah. world right right so you just want no, a it's lot just of russia. worlds <laughs> yeah. that's how russia so is. i just want I'll, I wish it was slowed down a this little is, bit. This is what modern day Russia is. This is Russia what happens is. in Russia. This is a true story. It happened like 50 years I, uh, ago. What are you talking about? I wish it was slowed down a little bit, but also there's three books. Like there's it's, tr- it's a trilogy. Right? It's a trilogy. So, like, so that's what I'm saying. I, it feels like she's going to build out the universe throughout the trilogy, mm-hmm. and you're going to be like, oh, and maybe you'll th- she'll introduce something that'll yeah. connect a lot of things that you've read, and you'll be like, oh, okay, it was that's a, cool. It's crazy to me how much happened in the first part from like a summary perspective mm-hmm. to how much happened in part two from well, a summary but so perspective. So for me, I me. think my, the, and, and again, like I, I obviously enjoy this book a lot, but the thing that I, I, I kind of wish some of these scenes were just drawn out a little bit longer mm-hmm. I because I feel like the first part had the same thing where it was like, you know, they introduced it kind of slowly. They were doing the, the stuff with the unsee. And then like, it was like, she got her powers. Bing, bang, bong. We're like traveling. I'm guessing over weeks on horseback yeah, to get to Osalta. Like it was, it was like three weeks, right, or something yeah. like that. And then those chapters were like 
sentences, right? Yeah. Like those weeks of time with these characters where like you could think like, you know, integral development or, or just like insight right. in their mind's eye or like what they're thinking could be explored <clears throat> was just really quickly glossed over. <clears throat> and then I felt like this same thing. And I'm a big fan of like, like the school settings that's like training montage yeah. stuff in, in books or in narratives. Cause I think that's where you can flesh out characters a lot. And so I, and, and we're not necessarily done with that, but I just felt like this intro of it was really quick with both, um, Bagra and Botkin, I feel like they were just like combat training. Like one day she's like, I'm, you know, puking and, you know, doing, and she's like, and now I'm pretty good. And it was like, and whoa, like, that was really quick. Yeah. Like that was, it. that's my only thought on it. Yeah. I think I agree with all that. Yeah. So you feel like they're sprinting to the climax instead of like taking, taking the time. I to... would have preferred to know what the actual main plot of the story was before. Early, yeah. And then have a slow, like, pace with the characters like i still don't really know, know where it's going where it's going yeah. but also i don't really know much about the characters i would say like the one character i've really locked down is probably jinya yeah like it, it i know seems... more about jinya than i know about like the darkling yeah mm-hmm. to, so to, i wish I, mean, I knew more currently the really only developed fully character is alina and i think you're right i think jinya is the second theory mm-hmm. to that uh, and like her friends are very, I don't, Maria maybe. Or, yeah, it's Maria. Yeah, Maria, and those another one, and that's how. Yeah. Um. Anyways, all that to be said, I just wanted to pick y'all's brains because that was yeah. my only like. I was like, man, I wish I, I wish I had just a couple more chapters with these characters because I want to know them or I want to know like what the combat training is yeah. like. I want to know what like they do on the day to day basis or what they do when they're not combat training. You know that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I will say for some of these chapters in particular, just some scenes in particular, give me like. 10 more pages, yeah. like 10 more pages where I can like know what is a full day mm-hmm. in Osalta and the Grisha camp look mm-hmm. like, you know, from start to finish. And, I, you know, they've, uh, yeah. Good point. I feel like I'm running in circles. But no, you're good. No. Um, cool. Well, the last question I have for you guys, because uh, this, this is something I didn't think about the first time I was reading the book. And then this time I was like, hang on, hold on. That's kind of weird. Um, Jinya and Alina have a conversation in the, in these chapters about how, like when you're taken as a child to if you're if you're tested to be like Grisha positive and then you are mm-hmm. you're taken from your family and they're like you don't go super back. well compensated like they yeah. never have to want for anything but then you're you're like abducted like they're, your family now is the Grisha like the Grisha and the, mm-hmm. and and they seem to live like right. pretty dope lives so like cool but the question I have for you is would you guys be down with a culture where like you might be superpowered. You might have a superpowered kid, but the, if that is the case, you are whipped away from your family. Like, there's some problematic stuff there that I didn't actually think about the first time I was reading this book, which yep. is kind of it's interesting because most of the time in situating like stories and you know obviously um, parallel real life situations, it's like they're just like ripped away. But I feel like they threw in the. Um, the like compensation portion of it to mm-hmm. like lessen the hit right, of that because yeah. if you think about it like the a lot of you know i feel like for the higher class families it's more of a honor to send their kids yeah and so but for the lower class families they're compensated so much that it becomes like a necessity to send them almost yeah. so it's like they the government has like 
or the put in place. the monarchy has put in place a system to like more easily like go about yeah. that. Well, that. That's actually that's actually a really good point that I didn't consider even when writing this question. Is it, contextually, it does seem like the greater part of Ravka, there's a you know a pretty big like wealth gap. Mm-hmm. They've explained yeah. that, and so I'm guessing like. That actually could be a really great, like, it could be like, hey, we're going to get your family out of poverty. Right. Morally. I mean, kind of at the price of it, but like, right. the, but also like the kid is set up instead of like, if you have a kid, like the right. parents might They're be thrilled because this be... might be like, this is the best opportunity. Mm-hmm. But also the thing mm-hmm. is interesting is like, they're, because Genia said like, oh yeah, like everyone goes into combat training. Like mm-hmm. you're, it's yeah. so you're, because you're either like the first class or the second arm, first army or second army. Right. Second army. So like, yeah. I, that's something interesting to me is like. They you have kept it the front line, or you kept it also to, to like yeah. further your studies and basically become like a higher class or like yeah. Which is interesting that like bodyguard. I, I want to know more about this culture that like they feel like they have to set up their magic users to just be operatives of war as opposed to like yeah. having Grisha be like because I mean they mentioned like the the uh, fabricators like why don't they have like Grisha engineers helping throughout all of mm-hmm. Ravka and Grisha right. like. You know, you know, just like them integrated more with the entire economy and infrastructure of Ravka instead of being like we're the army of Ravka. You know, does that make sense? I wonder. Yeah. So that's um, uh, when you sent this question, I was trying to think of an answer, and that's what I I got to is if every kid is forced to be tested, and if you you know are found to be a Grisha, you're taken by the government. Right, basically. Yeah. yeah. And then they have you. It's really hard to if you ever don't like the government, you don't have like a superpower anti government to take them out. Because right. everyone that has powers is raised yeah. in the government there's to no... work for the <laughs> to work for the king and the queen. Right. So there's no breaking that cycle. And so like they have all the power they want because all the powerful human beings are brought to them from mm-hmm. such a young age. Compensation aside, they can just avoid helping everyone else because they get to decide where everyone yeah. goes. It's definitely it's definitely a moral morally gray. Oh yeah, scenario. Um, There's still a lot of moral issues with it, and they the the king and queen also probably have a, a say in the keeping Grisha in one sector. Because they probably, you know, it already sounds like there's like a fear or distrust of them by the king and queen. So yeah. they probably want to control all aspects yeah. of the economy and like yeah. society and just keep Grisha in their like corner. Like yeah. compensate them and like keep them happy, but point. keep them yeah. out of because that's I mean a lot stuff of the, that the king controls. A lot of the townspeople in, in the original um, area that she was from, um, it's blanking right now but they they were like oh grisha witches or grisha right, like, right. they, they kind of have like superstition about them so maybe it's also for their protection yeah this um, question, there, there's definitely some moral this question reminded me of the institute it's like because uh, yeah. that's very similar yeah ish well, institute ish they murdered the parents in the institute right they do it in a way that's really they bad them with money and in, 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 in the uh, and so if we're using them. if we're using young adult like fantasy as a scale here, mm-hmm. I would say this falls somewhere in between the like happy, whimsical, 
like you're a wizard, Harry, and like all the if you like, would like to go to Hogwarts, right, you can and go all to the Hunger Hogwarts. students can like li- like still communicate with their parents and live with them in the summer, and like the Hunger Games, obviously being the opposite of the spectrum, where it's like you volunteer for tribute, you're probably gonna die, but if you don't, you are become a capital member. Yeah, Woo-hoo. it kind of reminded me of well, Brett said. You know the wealthier families. It's like an honor, and in Hunger Games, like the wealthy districts would like train children for like glory to be in the Hunger Games. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, interesting. It is interesting, and you know we we've yet to see if there is anything like, because you know in the institute they also like torture the kids to find out (laughs) about stuff. It's way worse. Well, well, I was was gonna say we don't know if there's any like other nefarious things that they because there's a school that they mentioned. It seems outside of outside of what's going on with Virginia, and I think that's a political maneuver, um, which is not justification by any means, but it seems like the Grisha are set up pretty nicely by the by the king and queen. Yeah. Um but there's definitely some moral gray. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure the story will explore that. Yeah. Um. But that seems like a pretty good spot to, yeah. um, put a little bookmark in it. Dan, you have the author's note. I have an author's note. It's a really short one, and I thought it would turn it into a little, um, a small discussion. Okay. So uh, it's a Washington Post article, and they asked, um, Leah Bardugo. Lee. Bardugo. Lee. Sorry, I keep saying Leah. No worries. Lee. Lee Bardugo. Actually, let me restart that. They asked Lee Bardugo um, what her least favorite fantasy trope is. Huh. And I really, I've never thought of it, but it's actually a really good answer and I like it a lot. Yeah. And it's something that, um, yeah, I just have not thought about, but it's really good. So I want your both of your guesses. What do you think her least favorite fantasy trope is? Uh... Elemental bending. Okay. <laughs> no. Well, I was trying to think. I'm like, what is she not? I'm, I'm, I'm racking my brain for like, what is she intentionally like chosen not to do? I would say, I don't know, like making. Um, uh, I, I, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a swing. I would say making like a very clear good versus evil story. Is that okay. it? Okay. Good one. Like you're like there's a good guy versus a no, bad there's guy. There's no gray. Yeah, there's yeah, no gray. Right. Which. Oh, yeah, saying, that's a great guess because there's like, a lot of gray in this book. Right, I that's, feel like. that's what I feel like there's some, yeah, some conversation, or at yeah. least like questioning like characters. Good guess, Brett? Yeah, I'll follow suit on that one just to save, because <laughs> I'd probably be here for a while trying to trying think, to of, think one. of one. So hers is really good. She hates when there's no set economy in the worlds that are created. Ah, interesting. She, she says she hates when there's no commerce. Um, you have places like a tavern. And then you have a king, and everybody just has a bag of money. She doesn't like when people just have, like, a ton of money. Yeah. And her her argument said, um, it's like the Middle Ages, and you're reading something, and it's like, he was but a poor farmer with three horses. And then she says, yo, do you know how much a horse cost? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So she just likes when there's, like, a set <laughs> so, economy right, of okay. and so And so I wonder, because, I mean, she hasn't really gotten super into the economy in no, Shadowrun I, I, yet. You know, she might just be like but I will say not she's, exploring it. Right, but she has done a really good job of like establishing that there is like <laughs> classes and like right. poverty exists right. and wealth exists and there's a wealth gap. So that right. could be which so, I, I actually really like about her writing. I mean that I think is always an interesting uh point yeah. of discussion and obviously can be like relatable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
So she wants yeah, she wants like economy in her world. Putting okay. a price on things. She wants a price. She yeah. wants people to actually. She, she doesn't like which I think is still some of the worst I don't know. I feel like we've talked a lot about Harry Potter, but like some of the worst writing of Harry Potter is that Harry was like super freaking rich from his inheritance. Exactly explained. And he never gave any of it to his essentially foster family of the Weasleys. <laughs> like they were like, we have to like wear rags and buy used books. And Harry's over there like, I'll buy the whole cart of candy with his like glob. It sounds of money. like I have an entire vaulted green goods. Right, exactly. Well, it sounds like he bought the Weasleys an entire cart of candy. At least one of them. One also, of them. He went through the goblet That's of candy though. He went through the goblet of fire and gave Fred and George those winnings yeah okay i mean there's i mean that's, fine but still i, I just uh, like that, to that, that, crumbs. that was to agree with you because yeah, yeah. that's a yeah I, I, why those yeah. and not the others i like to poke at the fun the mom the and daddy are like that, that's great harry yeah thanks prank shop yeah they opened up their prank shop <laughs> so she wants commerce which i like yeah agreed um, lee yeah. that's a great point that's thank you very great point. um that's our small little discussion author's note cool. Um, and that's that's all from me on cool. that. So are we? Uh... Yeah, I think we're wrapping it up. Any any shout outs? Any news um, to close this out before we go? Um, my uh, Nicole made me a really good dinner tonight. Oh, sweet, Nicole! Thanks for feeding our boy, our baby boy. I wish, I wish you got to enjoy it more. Yeah, I oh. wish I did too. <laughs> I cracked that steamy. We had to open, record. And Parker said, "Hey, stuff that down your mouth hole so we can record." Okay, well, so we're going to go watch Loki now, and I did buy you popcorn, so... Oh, wait, did you buy me any? Yeah, gonna, I bought gonna, both of you popcorn. Are you going to make me stuff it wait, down what before kind the of popcorn episode starts? Popcorn and kettle corn. I got two types. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're okay, though. Is it pop secret home style? I don't like No one wants corn. to hear this. Our audience wants to... Um, we, also, our audience is begging for us to release The Euro 2020 them. final is on July 11th. It's Sunday. Cool. So. Oh, and audience, fun news, um, <laughs> or maybe not, depending on how you feel. Uh, we are potentially experimenting with the form of the podcast. That'll this will be starting next month. Um, so and, and we'll get way more into details. Uh, we might do like a little We're rotating trailer. hosts. One of us might be permanently off. <laughs> no, that's not what's happening. After a game of rock paper scissors. Yeah, uh, we're actually just killing Daniel. It's sorry. Um, no. It's, <laughs> Uh, uh, it's not a joke, we, audience. We want to keep testing to see what works best uh, for y'all, which y'all like to listen to and which y'all engage with the most. So we're going to change things up um, and you'll hear more about that uh, next month. This month, we will be finishing everything as normal, reading through Shadow and Bone. So keep reading with us. Uh, read through chapters, what, like there's, there's 22 total. So yeah, 18. 13 through 18. 13 through 18, and that only is I thought, what? I thought there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's like an after section. I'm pretty okay, sure there's okay, so read Okay, that's perfect. Okay, so read 13 through 18. There's 23, and then there's like an epilogue, epilogue thing. Yeah. It says before and after cool. in the audiobook. There's 24. All right, well, awesome. And I want to say a special shout-out to Jacob Robinson for the intro and outro of our podcast. Special shout-out to Maddie Moon for the wonderful uh, cover art. And a special shout-out to you. Brett and Daniel for just being the best co-hosts wow. that I could have. No shout-out for Parker today. Um, was, uh, he didn't. He, didn't <laughs> he, was, he was adequate He was today. average. Just no, average. We love Parker. Shout-out to Parker okay. for being our leader and the, um, <laughs> the creator nah, of this podcast. That's not at all. <laughs> um, okay. He hates when I do that, so keeping that in. And remember... The real uh, mythical deer creatures were the ones you 
made a necklace out of along the way. Jesus. I hope they get to live. I hope you just I mean, like, that's what the, that's what he wanted her to do, to make God. a necklace out of the antlers. You think, okay. God, Parker. Gosh, you're so dark. Are you the Darkling? I bet you killed Bambi's mom. Are you Dar- Dallas Darkling? That's actually what happened to... That's Bambi. Bambi. Bambi's mom was... <laughs> Bambi's a part of the Grishaverse. Yeah, Bambi's Shadow and Bone crosses over. Yeah. <laughs> Bambi is more it's Ova's herd. There's going to be a Dallas Darkling ride at Magic Kingdom.